Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining us today on the Power of a Cookie podcast, episode number 24. Welcome to the Power of a Cookie podcast. See how cookie decorators are using cookies to make the world better, one cookie at a time. Today, we're here with Rebecca Weld. You guys may know her as the Cookie Architect. Wow, her cookies are fabulous. She's fabulous. I can't wait to hear some of the tips and tricks she shares with us today. Hi, Rebecca. How are you? Hi. Thank you so much for having me. I am so glad you are here. This is, like, fascinating. (laughs) So, Usually, one of the first questions I ask people is, how in the world did you get into decorating decorating cookies, and how in the world did you take it to the level that you're at? Because, wow, okay? Just wow. <laughs> well, I got into it. I actually uh, had made some gingerbread houses uh-huh. or buildings um, for like an annual gingerbread contest in my local area, and they were over the top and elaborate, as is my want as a person, uh, and they were also kind of promoting my architecture business, so I was going over the top kind of on purpose, but they were ending up to taking a ton of time, and I had one, like a one-year-old, oh, and wow. <laughs> my mom lived in the area, and so this was over a course of several years, so he's like one, two, three, four, um, and my mom would kind of watch him some of the time, and my husband would watch him some of the time, well, because I would get sucked into these projects, and it would be days and days, <laughs> um, and take over the kitchen and the dining room and all of that stuff. So, uh, while I was pregnant with my second son, um, so I guess my first one was like three, uh, and I did, during the course of that pregnancy, I did my last gingerbread project, and it took forever, and my mom was like, next year, I'm not watching your two kids (laughs) while you do this. So, um, that Christmas... Uh, when he was a baby, I saw a King Arthur flower catalog that had like these decorated snowflakes and they were decorated in like aqua and white and silver. And I was like, ooh, that's super cool. <laughs> and I had done a little bit of royal icing research when I did my gingerbread. So I'd started to see the cookie stuff, but not like really, you know, I, I um, but I saw these King Arthur flower things and I went I ordered like the sanding sugar from them and whatever which was extremely expensive relative to like <laughs> just <laughs> a little get bit <laughs> in other places but I didn't you know I didn't know and um and then I started poking around in um like look you know googling royal icing and cookie decorating and that's when I found like sweet sugar bell lila loa and uh and I was nursing my son he was like you know, young, like five, six months old. Um, and when I nursed him, he wouldn't like me to read very much because he didn't like page flipping behind him. <laughs> uh, at least at that phase, there was a, yeah. I did read, I managed to read all of the Game of Thrones books. So there was one phase he let me read, but then at some point he didn't like it. Mm-hmm. So I would have my phone and I literally read Lila Lois blog from start to finish. And then I did, you know, Sugar Bell's blog from start to finish. <laughs> That is so sweet. So, uh, you know, I just like literally would scroll back to like older posts, older posts. Um, and I did, you know, I started experimenting with <clears throat> different cookie things for my family, basically. Um, and then I think that what really kind of, and then I just started applying kind of art thinking to it. And uh, and the social media aspect of it was really 
a piece of it too. So like the hobby ended up being like being in the social media community of it and doing it, you know, um, Georgianne Lila Loa would do these like challenges on her blog where she, she does that often. Yeah. I like that. And they were those. So I would do those, um, uh, sweet ams did a contest that I entered. Like I was just being, it was just my fun. Cause I'm an architect full time of my own business. So it was, my thing to do without a client telling me what to do. <laughs> and it's your thing to do that you just have total freedom and, you know, and you can take it all apart and put it all back together a different way if you don't like it without, you know, costing millions of dollars, I assume. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we try not to get to the put it all together, take it all apart step with architecture. <laughs> I'm forever telling my clients it's way easier to erase it in this computer yes, program and draft it again. One of my husband's friends is an architect and his dad started the business and then his his dad passed away and now he's doing it. So yeah, I always tease him about how many things did you have to completely take apart this week? And good thing, you know, he never, never has had to do that. Bless his heart. But I also wanted to say too, when you said that, you know, you had seen that, did you say a King Arthur catalog or a King Arthur magazine? What? It, was King Ar- it was before their magazine. So it was just the catalog. So the catalog, those are dangerous. Yeah, <laughs> they really are. Even to me, I can go to a local grocery store around here at Kroger and get King Arthur flowers. And it's a price there that's more than, you know, White Lily and other flowers that that are sold. But then I can go into King Arthur's catalog or magazine or online and I look and I'm like, that is even so much more than what it is here, you know, local. So I love it. Their products are amazing. It's a great company. But if I get a catalog, I hand my wallet and everything to my husband. I'm like, here, hold this until I'm done. (laughs) Because you just kind of want everything. I think of it as a treat to actually get something from that catalog. Me too. Sometimes guilty of being like, I got to go find this. Absolutely. Where, how can I do this without paying that price? And a lot of times, unfortunately, can't. No. (laughs) And uh, uh, they're actually relatively low. I mean, they're not local to me, but they're like four hours away or something. So I've actually been there. I haven't been there, but I do I think go. we have the flower. You know, they have all the flower projects in our grocery store, too. Oh, and good. I, they're more, but they're not as much, I think, as they might be somewhere else. I always like had this dream of going to King Arthur Flower and taking a class. I want to make bread. I am i don't mm. eat a lot of bread. I'm not a huge bread person. But bread is one of those challenging things that I want to learn how to make just so I can say, I did that once and it turned out great because I went to class with King Arthur. But it'll never happen. <laughs> I'll never go. Well, it's, uh, well, if you do go, let me know. Because like I said, I'm not very far away. I'll, I'll come, grab I'll you. Too. Well, I'll grab you. You go with me. And so I know someone else that lives close. And they said, if you ever take a King Arthur class, call me and I'll meet you there. Which, you know, having a girls weekend or something, that's a reason to go, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, we, and I actually grew up, make. we made our own bread. My mom you? made our own bread. And so <sighs> she taught us all to make bread. So... I would want to take some of the class, but <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. Class. What I was going to say, what class would you want to take? Oh, flaky pastry, probably. Oh, yeah. Like some Good sort stuff. of croissant or, oh. you know. Yeah, all that's just beautiful. <laughs> Well, if I ever go, I will definitely call you. So Okay, good, good. <laughs> but just watch out for those magazines out there, people. If you're listening, the King Arthur catalogs and King Arthur website is wonderful, wonderful stuff. But just be careful because it's easy. I have just put stuff in my cart wanting to get it. And then I look and my cart's like $150. I'm like, oh, no. So I go back and I delete everything and I don't get anything. So I just, I 
I like the quality of their stuff, and I like the way that they break things down and teach people. I think they also have a hotline that you can call, like around Thanksgiving, that if you have any kind of questions, you can call them and they answer it. I mean, it's an amazing company, but, you know, when I shop online with them, it I I just hand everything to my husband. I'm like, hold this, just let me look. <laughs> well, yeah, and we, um, like at Christmas time or something, I'll Oh, yeah. That. Because my husband actually stays at home with the kids, and he does cooking and baking, so I can oh. get him stuff, see? <laughs> now, let me ask you this. Now, this is a really weird question, so you don't have to answer okay. if you want. Does he eat sugar cookies? No. See? Mine doesn't no. either. I was... Why won't our husbands eat sugar cookies? I told him if I would have known this before we got married, I might have had some really deep questions. I may not have gone through with it. <laughs> so, I used to I used to eat them all the time. I can't eat them anymore. I don't know why. I can eat the various ingredients. It's not like I'm gluten, you know, gluten intolerant or something, uh -huh. but uh, it's very hard. I can eat like a flavored sugar cookie, but just to put a regular sugar cookie in my mouth, my body's like you had a you've had your <laughs> <laughs> lifetime supply and I love sweets it's definitely yeah. just sort of like this specific thing like don't eat anymore well um and so one of my my mother and what my youngest son eat them everyone oh, else so is like funny. whatever that is so funny everybody around here just wants the sugar cookies except my husband he wouldn't even taste it but I'll tell you I met my husband at a pizza place like um my boss, I don't know if I should even say this, my boss somehow got in trouble and got fired when I wasn't there. So I show up for my next shift. I didn't hear anything from any other employees or anything. And I'm like, you know, young. I think I was like 16. And so I show up for my next shift and there's this strange man. And he opened the door and he looked at me and he said, who are you? And I looked at him. I said, well, who are you? He said, I'm your new boss. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> You're not the boss yeah, of me. You're the boss of me back before it was cool to be sassy. And I wasn't sassy at all. But he just immediately brought that out in me. And so I said, I'm on the schedule to work today. And he said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, I am. I looked at it yesterday before I left. So I walked back there. And you could tell somebody had erased. I was supposed to work from four to nine. And somebody had erased it. And I said, see, you could tell it was there, but they erased it. I said, you probably did that. He said, I didn't do that. I said, you know what? It's okay. And I saw a look in his eye. And he was six years older than I was, but I saw a look in his eye and I looked at him and said, that's fine. I'll just go get a date. And I left and I went home and watched TV, but he thought <laughs> that I was on a date. So it took us about a year to the point, you know, that we could be on the same level that we wanted to date each other. And it was really good because we've been married over 31 years, you know, he's an amazing man. But the point of that is we worked at a pizza place. I love the pizza. I loved all pizza. And now I I eat pizza when I need to eat pizza. But I'm like your body with the sugar cookie. I have had enough that I don't care if I ever have pizza again. And it's sad because pizza is so quick and convenient and good. Sugar cookies are really, really good. My husband wouldn't even taste of one. So I think it's really cute that your husband doesn't eat them either. No. In fact, his idea of like a crime against nature is like when the people decorate a sugar cookie to look like a chocolate chip cookie. He's oh, like, no, no. <laughs> that um, is unacceptable. You I've know, done that. He is a huge chocolate <laughs> fan. I mean, I, yeah, you know, it's Tell him I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. He's a huge chocolate fan and he loves chocolate chip cookies. So he's kind of like, why would you deceive me thus? <laughs> now, what is his favorite thing to bake since he does the baking? He actually does bread. Does he? Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm so jealous. I want to come yeah. and learn. It's been a while since he's made it 
on a regular basis. Um, and I did just teach him to make pie crust. <gasps> now, on yeah. the last episode with Melissa Blake, episode number 23 for you guys that want to know, she talked about, you know, she wanted to do something other than cookies and she tried to make a pie. And I said, pies are hard. The pie crust it's really so simple, but the key is all the ingredients almost have to be the t perfect temperature. Do you find that? I mean, yes, I found a recipe that works for me, but before that I buy them, I would literally get the yeah. whatever Betty Crocker, whatever <laughs> it is, Pillsbury, like rolled out crust because <laughs> I could not do it. I found a Cook's Illustrated recipe that just, and I have a whole little system. It uses a food processor. Mine does too. Yep. I love the it food just processor. Makes it totally work and I also got like this uh pie crust rolling out like circular <gasps> thing with a zipper from King Arthur flower again <laughs> oh wow I was gonna say with a zipper that has to be King Arthur yeah, flower <laughs> it has like a round <laughs> zipper and so you like put the crust in the middle and you zip it close and then it fills up like to the zipper in the round shape oh wow and then you can just peel it off and it's still stuck to the one side so you can like flip it into the, <gasps> the pie pan and then peel it off again oh my gosh so, it's magic it is. I before that, like I said, straight up just buying it out of the yeah. Oh, you know, cooler section. Been there, done that. I was really shocked because my grandmother that taught me how to bake. She is an well. She was. I'm sorry. She passed away. I miss her so much. But she taught me how to do everything, and she would make these fried pies. Do you remember maybe a year or so ago when the fried pies were really in, and everybody was making them and baking them and frying them? And so I called all of my aunts. I called all of my aunts and my mother, and I'm like, what? crust did she use because I'm using her pie crust recipe and these are just it's almost like too thin they're not turning out and I've tried to make it thicker and it's kind of doughy in the middle so I think I made like three batches and I'm like tell me what crust did she use and they said um she used biscuit dough I said you're wrong my grandmother never would have used biscuit dough then I called the next aunt they said she used biscuit dough I said you're kidding me so her fried pies were made with biscuit dough. And I just, I was blown away. I thought, Mamaw doesn't ever buy things like that to use, you know. But when she got older, she couldn't stand in the kitchen and bake the way she did. She was a true believer in Mrs. Smith's pie crust. You know, she would buy that because she said it was flaky, like one that she had made. And really, they're really good, you know. So, yeah, pies are really difficult. <laughs> I love them. They, they the are. Crust, yeah. But, but when you make a pie crust and it's flaky and good, I mean, that's just the best feeling. And now I need a zipper thing. So maybe yeah. I can ask for that for Christmas, you know. So That's, I'll, that's my, yeah. like I said, <laughs> we do with King Arthur flour. It's like the treat of the baking world. <laughs> so we know that you're amazing at these gingerbread houses. You're amazing at cookies and painting on cookies and stuff. But what is your favorite pastry? What is your favorite dessert, I guess, is what I want to ask. My favorite dessert is a pecan praline. Which is a uh, can't. I went to school in at Tulane in New Orleans, and it's a butter brown sugar cook candy basically with wow. pecans in it, toasted pecans in it, and it's like heavy oh, wow. heavy cream butter and brown sugar. And I'm that's the kind of like that's what my like brown sugar is my number one. So yeah, like the cookie recipe I use is Lila Loa's 2.0 recipe because it uh -huh. has brown sugar as the primary sugar. I love it. Yeah. She's good. Okay, so now let me get back to this. 
<clears throat> when you started decorating cookies, did you start just like outlining and filling in each area like all of us do as beginners? No. Okay. No, I, I didn't. <laughs> I had a feeling you did something real. Now, we haven't talked about this, everybody. I'm just kind of guessing here. So I figured that you would do things a different way. Can you tell us how you started like getting the cookie ready to decorate or how you decorated a cookie? So it's not to say that when I very first started out that I didn't do that a few times. Um, the very first set that I decorated that was the ones that were the snowflakes were more kind of like drawing on it, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't so much that I was flooding them and then decorating them. It was like, here's these lines and the sanding sugar or here's this pattern on it or whatever. So that was more just like piping uh -huh. practice. Um, but I was taking my cue from, you know, the blogs that I'd been following. And I basically settled on 20-second icing as my preferred um you know, icing yes. and that lets you do, do the, the puppy icing without uh, an outline. So often I will, I mean, I'll start outlining the cookie, but it's the same consistency. Um, it's a little bit of a slower process and I have to, you know, now it's been like whatever it is, six years I've been decorating cookies. I've like learned things about outlining cookies that let you do techniques and I've learned ways to make them look the way I like, but I do, I like the edgeless, you know, like that outline-less yes. look yes. on a cookie. Like if you look at my cookies, they tend to like not have a border or, you know, if the border's there, it's part of the design and not like, that's not my default. Like definitely it was like a single consistency. Um, that was just my preferred, my yeah. preferred method. I don't like a real, th I almost never use a real thin icing, like a flood consistency icing because I find it to be too prone to cratering and it's hard to, it's not a good painting surface. Um, I just don't like the, it doesn't give me the puffy look that I want. So it, yeah. I tend to work thicker than other people might. And again, I don't sell. So if I had to make a million cookies, you know, yeah. talk it, to you again. <laughs> now the thing about me is I don't use the thin icing either. Mine is 15 second icing. And I really had to play with that until I figured it out when I first started because the humidity here is so high. We are almost here in the Smoky Mountains. I've heard several people say it, but I haven't heard anybody professional say it, but it's almost like we're a rainforest here. There's so much humidity with all the leaves that fall from the trees that are on the ground in the woods year round. It's always just moist. So yeah, with the humidity for me the thicker icing just works better and I see I watched these videos like I watched Ann at Flower Box Bakery today she sent an email and I opened it and I clicked on one of her videos where she was flooding this cookie and I love how thin her icing is because she squeezes and it just kind of goes together mine if I want it together I've got to put it on the back of a truck and let it bounce around for five minutes <laughs> so I can't use that thin icing but when we go to places like when I went to cookie con in Utah the last Last time I actually got to go before you know brain surgery literally so <laughs> I made my icing there and it could be so much thinner I'm like wow this is so thin this is great and it works but here if I go thin I, I also have trouble with the colors bleeding together do you have that as well yeah you, like tell everybody like which state do you live in and do you have humidity that you have to deal with so I uh, live in northern New York very far north, sort of the St. Lawrence River Valley, if you could even conceive of that ge geographically. Most people can't understand. <laughs> They're like, their mental map of New York does not go all the way to the top. Yes, yeah, so it stops uh, in New York City, New York, New York. That's where we maybe, all stop. Maybe. Yeah, and then, then <laughs> Albany, people can there you sometimes go. get to Syracuse. But I'm like, 
two and a half hours north of Syracuse. Wow. And people like can't even conceive that like it keeps going like that. So <laughs> whatever. So it is out of the mountains. Um, it is on the moister side, but we don't have like a huge humidity problem. Yeah. And it, it does depend. So like May through August is wetter. And then the summer, I mean, the winter gets pretty dry, but mostly because it's dry inside because we're heating. Yeah. Um, so I do have to vary a little what I can do season to season. Yeah. But yeah, I would say that would be pretty much for all of us season to season. Okay. So how did you go from a basic cookie decoration like snowflakes, which those weren't basic to me, just so everybody knows. Um, can, can we get a picture of those to share on this post? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. And so I have, what's basic about that those cookies <laughs> are the photos. Did you like, Oh, you know, when I started blogging, I didn't even know how to take a picture. I didn't know how to do a video. I didn't, I didn't, you know, I didn't even know how to decorate a cookie, let's be honest. <laughs> so it just kind of comes, the more you do it, the better you get. So I believe that. So, but how did you go from a basic cookie to painting or like, tell me what, tell everybody what you do on cookies. Let's talk about you for just a second. Like, how do you decorate cookies? I don't think there's anything you can't do, to be honest. <laughs> well, I will say that the the way I got from decorating regular cookies, like I say regular, like, you know, like a normal person would yeah. to what I do, which tends to be over the top. And I've got, you know, I've gotten into painting portraits of people. Yes. Um, I do a lot of elaborate kind of pieced pieces. I've done some, I've gotten kind of back into 3D work. Um, all of that is basically facing fears and pushing my, challenging myself like that. Wow. Like those early Lila Loa challenges. I just found that kind of like assignment like mode of uh, peaks my creativity. Cause I mean, that's sort of how I learned how to, as an architect, you, you know, you're not just like designing houses in the void. You're designing like houses to fix people's problems and like take care, you know, yeah. enhance their landscape or whatever it is that they, you know, need. Um, so I've just learned to like have my creativity sort of filtered through like what I'm, you know, trying to do or accomplish. So I've challenged myself. I spent, I'm going to say two years, three years saying I would never do faces, but I just, nope. Yep. Like I'm literally <laughs> never going to do faces. I wasn't going to get a copy cake cause I wasn't in production. So what would be the point? Yeah. And it was only when I was like realizing that I was making custom art and then having to like jump through 10 hoops to get it on the cookie I was like, well, I think I can project my custom art onto the cookie. Like, this isn't yeah. cheating or whatever. No. And I still don't. And if I was, a like, again, if I sold my cookies, I never was like, don't do, I mean, you know, I never was in the school, like, where it was really cheating. But I was trying to challenge myself. And at some point, I was like, this is just hindering myself. I think sometimes and, if we design the cookie, I think, and then get it on one cookie, that's the challenge right there. So then if you have to make 200 more of those, yes, a copy cake is not cheating because you created it is how I feel. How do absolutely. you feel? Okay. Oh, absolutely. You know, and it's not even like using a copy cake doesn't take skill. You know, like, um, right. <laughs> Getting that image the right size to slide in there and then projecting yeah, it or, or whatever, you know, the Pico, whatever. It's not like piping under an image is like, no. oh, this supernatural, like whatever. So I, I don't judge. I don't really judge people one way or the other. Um, you know, I don't like when people don't credit artists or stuff like, you know, like that sort of stuff I might yeah. be a little judgmental about, but like generally speaking, like I'm not like, oh, they're not very good or 
they're not, or they're using this tool or that tool. Like I, you know, I just look at the cookies and I made so many connections with people from their art. I mean, I, it was, you know, uh, I've had friends that for years, I didn't know what their religion was, what their politics were, you know, like anything, but we were really good friends and I've, you know, got friends all over the country from like just looking at the work. So I try not to like get embroiled in the, the drama that can, you know, there's no drama in my cookie world. No, I don't want any drama in my life at all. I run. <laughs> I literally, I will <laughs> well, not. <laughs> I don't love personal drama, but I've recently realized that, like, the joke, my joke motto with my friends is simplify nothing. So I do create, like, I wouldn't say drama, but, like, chaos. And it's, like, the chaos of busyness. So some of that is, like, that I'm doing cookies at all while I'm, also working so I have had to learn to kind of balance like doing the cookies with like my real job yeah yeah there there's definitely a balance all the way around I mean you know doing making cookies and stuff is my full-time career I love it and I've got friends all over the world and everything but still working for myself being a one person that does the videos the photos, the editing, the creating, the baking, the dishes. I mean, there's so much to do with this. And then then I get to do something like this, a podcast where I get to sit down and talk to fellow cookie decorators. And I'm telling you, cookies, this is called the power of a cookie. And cookies are so powerful. If it wasn't for cookies, again, you and I would not be talking right now. So cookies, I love how powerful they are and how they make that connection with people everywhere. And you can make this cookie simple or complicated and you can hand it to somebody and it like they light up they're so happy that you thought enough of them to make them a special cookie and it just that's huge that's empowering to me it is it 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 is is just like it's incredible I love and I kept for me because I like it's not my job I've kept it so that when I give cookies it's like I'm giving cookies I don't even do it like I don't do I don't even manage to give like teach appreciation cookies every year or whatever. Like I don't, people can't really count on it because I, my schedule is yeah. so, so it's like, but it's nice to be able to gift people, like even just the mm-hmm. people around me, like I have an office between the hardware store and a coffee shop. So those guys, occasionally I'll just be like handing out cookies in the hardware Aww. store to <laughs> all <laughs> and, the guys. And visitors in the coffee shop, here's you a cookie. Have a good day. No, <laughs> I don't give them to visitors. <laughs> I would, I would I don't want to get, I don't want to get people's hopes up, see? (laughs) Well, and the thing about that, too, there's so many. My husband works at this camp where we have all these kids. And every year, and I'm curious to see how it's going to go this year, every year the list of allergies grow. So not everybody can have everything. So if you hand somebody a cookie and it's got something in it that's going to make them sick, yikes, you know, without doing that ingredient list on the back, you might be in trouble. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm not like a cottage kitchen. Yeah. I'm actually not rated, like, to sell cookies so I gift everything or I make them yes. to publications where they're not supposed to be eaten yeah. um, I mean not to say I wouldn't give a cookie to a stranger but like I yeah you know I, yeah. hand them out on the street they're, I would too usually but... a little bit more of a prize commodity <laughs> just because I don't make that many so it's like I've only got six cookies to give away I guess But, you know, when you have a full-time job outside of the home and then you have children and you have, you know, just life, school projects and everything, it does. It gets hard to to do this. So when I see somebody, you know, creating art with all that going on, it just, it makes my heart happy. It really does. So, and your cookies make me happy when I see them. (laughs) Yeah, I, I do. Now that I'm doing it less, I have anxiety about like 
you know, like social media, like posting old cookies or like not having something to post. Um, like I, that's funny that that's a piece of it for me. I think because it was so at the beginning, so big, so much of a big deal to me. Yeah. About kind of like the social media part, I've gotten less interested in the competition kind of, or not competition, but you know, like fall number of followers. Yeah. It doesn't turn out to mean very much, especially with the way that the actual social media works. They still show it to the same thousand people, whether you have a thousand followers or 30,000 followers. <laughs> They're like, wow. <laughs> they don't, you know what I mean? Like they don't, <clears throat> they only show it to a tiny fraction of people. Yeah. So it's really about those people. You know, it's really about who you can connect with. And I've, what I, one of the things I've loved about it is that I've connected with other people in other circles of my life. So like I've sent cookies to my favorite non or like food blogger that wasn't a cookie blogger and made a real connection because when you send somebody, you know, custom cookies like that, it means something to them. Yeah, it really does. Um, or other people, um, like there were some other podcasters that as they were just starting out, I sent them cookies and now they have a huge like Twitter presence. And so if I do a fundraiser with cookies, I can ask them to share and they will. And then I can get almost like national, uh, you know, donations for cookie things. So I've organized some sort of fundraisers for charities where, you know, usually I do it kind of like a raffle. Like if you, you know, every $5 donation is an entry to win some cookies, but I've done some where I've had other people donate so that there's a whole bunch of prizes. That's wonderful. You know, and then you, and then if, because I have other connections with people who are sharing it at a broader audience, you know, and then all the people who donated in their audiences, we can really do good that way. And see, that's a whole thing right there. Why I wanted to start the power of a cookie is because cookies can do so much. I mean, you're using it to raise money for charities, which is incredible. I mean, and who would have thought a cookie, a cookie could raise all kinds of money. I mean, we've got people that are doing it to help them get over cancer. Somebody at this point right now who's doing it to help work through the brain tumor removal. (laughs) You know, you've got people who are doing it to raise money for cancer, for arthritis, for kidney foundations. And I mean, Cookies are really doing a lot of work, but it's the people behind the cookies that just, they melt my heart because they're so full of love and kindness and willing to do this, that that is why the power of a cookie is here. It's because I want to hear those stories and the fact that you're doing it where you get other cookiers involved. I mean, and and then you said that you've got like national attention or whatever. That's, that's so important. I mean, wow. Wow. Well, (laughs) national attention isn't quite what, you know, like more like people with national attention. Okay, sorry. <laughs> point a little bit of my. I have been on. I was on NPR one time, so that counts, I guess. <laughs> national attention, <laughs> but uh, and all of that stuff is circumstance. You know, sort of circumstantial. Like I actually have a like social acquaintance who works at the local NC. You know, radio NPR station, and wow. then he did a little piece on me and then he got it onto NPR like because of his ambitions wow. to be on NPR, not, you know, mine. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's interesting because sometimes people ask like, how do I, you know, build my followers or how do I get bigger? And I'm just like, you just have to be literally social yeah. and put yourself out there, you know, consistent. Like I, <laughs> consistent. I mean, I feel like the f- best way to like build a community is literally worry about what you're doing on there and yeah. not what people are doing for you. 
Like just, if you just go through your feed every day and I, my practice is like, if you see me and I've typed something like a comment on your cookie, it's literally what's come out of my mouth or popped into my head. Yeah. Like if I, (laughs) if I'm scrolling through and I go, Ooh, beautiful. I don't like keep going. Yeah. I stop and like type out, Ooh, beautiful or like whatever. (laughs) Sometimes I'll change it when I see that 20 people have already said that. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) I'm like very gorgeous or (laughs) mixing it up. But you know, but I really try to like, cause I know that there are cookies out there that do that. You know, I watch them do that and be so encouraging to me. And it means something when they comment on it. It really does to me. Um, and I'm like, I don't even want to name names because then I'll like forget the other person that does it or whatever. <laughs> but there are, you know, just watching like, oh, that's just so much better thing to do than worry about like the numbers of what you're doing. Exactly. I've made friendships with people based on like how I like their style, which is like a cool way to meet people. You don't typically get to yeah. like your immediate area. I mean, you might like the way somebody dresses or something and therefore <laughs> like their style and get to know them better. But like that's a it's a very interesting metric of like connecting with people is like the, through art as opposed to through social group or church group or yeah. um, political group or whatever other groups you might you know school work um, it's meant that I really broaden my horizons of like who my friends are and like where they are. I think it's really cool, and it's all through the power of a cookie, which cookies are powerful. Who knew? Really I are. never had a clue when I started this. It would be this, and it's amazing. No, to me. it's such a thing too. Like <laughs> you were saying before, it's you know I actually don't consider myself a great cookie decorator. Like, um, hello, <laughs> you are. I don't. I mean, I would say I'm a good painter. I can't like say, oh, I'm only okay. I'm pretty good, but I mean, I do see people who are better. But there's like, to my mind, like the details around some of my fine piping and some other stuff. I, you know, I once saw like Sugar Bell did this thing where she like zoomed in on every flaw on a cookie and like pointed to it <laughs> on her, you know, on her podcast. Yeah, I've seen that one. <laughs> They're so perfect. And she's like, what about this crater? What yeah. about that? So from my eye, that's what they look like. But I tend to make up for it with sort of overall design conception. And a lot of that is time. Yeah. You know, a lot of that is just I'm pouring over a little set of cookies. I'm not like, you know, making a dozen cookies for a party or two dozen or five dozen or whatever. So it makes a big difference just what they look like. And I think people, well, they compare apples and oranges. But I also think people have a hard time setting aside the time for like that challenge or that. Yeah. Are, you know, because I think how I got from like the basic cookies to the fantastic cookies was like a step at a time. You and know, that's it. And, and that's setting it. challenges for myself if I didn't take on a challenge. Like my Nantucket set was actually me being totally enamored with Artie Magoo. And early on, she would do these really big sets. They were like 20, 25 cookies in whatever theme. And each one would be different. And they were just incredible and over the top. Oh, yeah. And I, <laughs> I remember literally counting like how many were in a set and like kind of giving myself the assignment to try and make a set that was sort of at that scale of design, like where's this many cookies and they're all different and they're all related. And that was my Nantucket set. And when I did it, I mean, I had like practically an Excel spreadsheet. I managed to do it with four colors in three consistencies, plus fondant, plus something else, plus like all order of everything was backwards. Cause I was doing like, you know, each cookie was different. I mean, now if I looked at it, I could, yeah. You know, teach us a class in four hours or something, but at the time it took me like three days and like like literal charts of like yeah. I need 
these two colors of, you know, these two consistencies of this color and that and that. And then, of course, I work only nights, so I'd have to, like, remix everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, you know, so those, and then, like, the faces. I started with the doll faces because I thought that, like, doll faces are easier to do than, you know, human faces. Yeah. And I, I'd never painted on cookies. I just sort of started somewhere and then, you know, got better at it. <laughs> and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so now, okay. Yeah. So what is your favorite type cookie to make? Now, you know, before I was really into animals. I liked animals. They're cute. They're simple. They're fun. People who are beginners, it, it doesn't take, you know, years of practice to make a cute little, let's just say, teddy bear cookie or bear cookie, you know, and, and it's fun. But then you can get into the really extreme. I've seen people make turtles that look like an actual turtle because they use stencils and then they hand paint and then they airbrush and it's just gorgeous. But before mine was animals now i feel like it might be changing a little bit i'm not sure what my favorite is at this exact moment but what is your favorite type of cookie so my favorite type of cookie is definitely like the array cookies okay where they're puzzled together in some way so i think i made one i think i called it like cookie tile explosion and it was kind of like a folk art piece but then it kind of like fell apart at the edges a little bit um, I really love puzzling together cookies and also thinking about like the designs as the way that they're going to spread across it. Yeah. That's definitely my favorite kind of general thing to how, tackle. How do you plan that? Cause you know, I've been asking people questions about, you know, where I, I just been asking them, I ask you those questions, like, you know, three questions. It's where should I go with my blog from here? I mean, I still am going to blog. I'm still going to do, you know, a lot of what I do, but I want to know what the people want to learn or what they want to see from me. So as far as you, like what's next for you, where are you going to go? Well, I've been toying with the possibility of competition. Like Um, TV, like food network, like, like, you know, Stephanie um, Koppel just did with, you know, she's the hungry hippopotamus. She was on like this past season. It was, I loved watching them. I mean, they did so good. More like sugar shows at the Cape. Okay. You know, like those. Yeah. um, Those Those are the one that Julia Usher is kind of just doing now where they may or may, they're going to televise some of the people on it. So I've talked to them. I have talked to the Food Network. I'm going to say six or so times and never been picked. Ah. And at some point I've even had them like call me, not pick me. And then have like three more casting directors reach out to me, like in the same show. I'm like, all right guys. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You're not picking me. Like, and so uh, I, I hesitate to talk to them anymore. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm not, whatever it is you're looking for. It's not me. Like, which is fine. And it may not even be true, but I'm just like, you know, I, <laughs> I don't need to go down that road a billion times. Yeah. And I don't have a huge drive to be on TV. I mean, it's like on my sort of bucket list, but it's the other thing I found is that like, I talked to them recently about something and it was of course like a fall season show, but they were filming it in June and they were like, you have to block out three weeks of your time. And I, this is my hobby and it is not my moneymaker. Yeah. And that is like, I, well, first of all, the spring and the summer are my busy season for architecture. So I just literally couldn't yeah. do that. I yeah. can barely spare a day. I took my kids on spring break in February and I'm, and I went to cookie con and those two things together put me back to like now. Wow. 
in my schedule. (laughs) It gets so, so busy. Like it's unfathomable how busy I am and like how long my to-do list is Um, because everyone wants to start building in the spring. It's all very time sensitive because it gets very cold here and then the ground freezes. So I couldn't, I couldn't do that if I wanted to, but I don't even know how like a home baker could do yeah. that very Three easily. weeks leaving your kids or your husband or yeah. just your life. That's, that's a quite, that's quite a while. Yeah. So, yeah. well, they, uh, I loved, I really enjoyed Stephanie. If you're listening, I love seeing you guys <laughs> on that show. Like I wish I could have recorded it so I could watch it over and over and I'm sure I could find it on, you know, the food network or Hulu yeah. or Netflix or something. I'm sure I could find it. I just haven't, you know, got that far yet. So maybe yeah, I will. It is kind of hard to track down those, those competition shows. It is. I've found. Um, but the, the, the other thing about them is that they are not designed for actual cookie decorating. Oh. Like there's the time component is kind of ridiculous. Especially with and, royal icing. I mean, yes. I don't know how you get royal icing to dry that fast. I mean, mine you, never has. You, you no. Know. You know, so, you know, and you certainly can't get it to dry and paint it in whatever, two <laughs> hours, you know. <laughs> So, so it's sort of like maybe a, you and I need like a cookie. Well, I have the cookie network. Maybe we need to do a cookie network two month long challenge from home. You know, you can do yes. it at home. Well, that's what I, you know, and I have, you know, I know that people have given that food back, feedback to the food network. Like yeah. you can't, like, it's not really a competition of cookiers. It's a cookie competition. It's so quick. Cookiers, don't do that. You know, like that's not what a cookie does. You're never going to get like, Oh my God, that's fantastic. Look at the hand painting on this cookie into in whatever, two hours, three hours, even half a day, you know, like you can't. um, So it's not, in in that case, it's all kind of about the, the drama of it and not the like actual artistry of it. And and I'm very much an artistry driven. I am glad. I am glad though that they are finally recognizing cookies because a lot of times you go on these websites like, you know, uh, I mean, just a sweets website. I don't want to say cake because I can't think of a cake one right now off the top of my head. But if you go onto a website, cookies are sometimes listed in other, you know, yeah. there's cakes and pies and pastries and, you know, all donut. Cupcakes. I mean, everything yeah. has its own label and then cookies other well let me tell you if they go on to netflix they're going to learn that cookies are not other look how many cookie decorators there are out there i love it i think it's amazing and i'm glad that finally food network even if they're not doing what actual cookie people do the fact that they are using the word cookies makes me happy because that's we've come a long way since Flickr. you know when callie and marianne the cookie artisan and sweet sugar bell and all of us were on Flickr, you know, years and years ago. That's where we all pretty much first started, I believe, you know. Yep. And so when we were on that, cookies were, nah, nope. they were like ghosts that, you know, you just didn't see them and they would pop up every now and then at Christmas, you know. But right. now the fact that Food Network said, hey, we can do a gingerbread house challenge or we can do a cookie mm-hmm. challenge or something, mm-hmm. it makes me happy. But yeah, it's got a long way to go. It's got a long way to go. And that's not to say that like the, the cookie or artists that have been on there aren't doing nice art. Oh, no, they're amazing. They are. It's inc- just that the, the f- odds are stacked against them. But the a- fact that they can do it in that time, however it is they do it with little special drying machines or whatever, I mean, I'm amazed and impressed by what they what they do. I mean, yeah, I would have to take classes on how to use <laughs> Maybe King Arthur gives us classes. Maybe we can go to King Arthur and learn how to use these machines to dry things really fast. I don't think so. I don't I, think so either. <laughs> I think, though I have some little heat guns. That's the one thing I, I have not used to dry. 
uh, I've used them to peel paint off of. <laughs> you can't use a heat gun. I just did something on Facebook, you know, where there was a heat gun to seal those FDA um, food safe bags or shrink bags, you know, where you put the cookie in there and you use the mini heat gun to shrink the bag to the cookie. I think it's really cool because like if I go to a craft fair or if I go to a church event or a mission event or something and they ask me to take cookies, I like to shrink them in that because people will come by and touch the food. And I'm very much a food safe kind of person, you know. And so I don't want somebody else touching my cookie. If they touch it, at least if it's in a bag, they've touched the bag and not my cookie. Now, the thing about the heat gun, um, you can use it on your cookie to like heat or to like Heat up that first top layer of your royal icing and it helps it dry with a shine. It also, when you use that, will help the icing colors from bleeding together. It doesn't stop it, but it does help it. I've been working on little experiments here and there. Then also the craters that you talked about earlier, when you get a hole and the royal icing dries, the icing can't just float on air so it falls into that hole and makes a crater in your cookie. Well, the heat gun helps with that. But... If you hold the heat gun on the cookie for like any amount of time and don't keep it moving, it'll crack the top layer of your royal icing. So there is, it's basically just a quick start to the drying process. It, it will not make your drying time go faster. Only thing it does is, in my opinion, it helps prevent things from happening to your cookies, like the bleeding, the dull icing, and the craters. And that is why I use a heat gun, because here... In you know the land of just humidity, <laughs> it really helps me. And somebody that lives in you know the desert may never use it because it won't help them at all. You know, so well. I, from what I understand, an oscillating fan will help anyone. I use that as well. So I use I the use, heat gun than the fan. I use a heat fan. A heat fan. Now like that's a really mini, cool. Like desktop heater, like a twenty-five dollar from the hardware store heat fan and I have a rack I set it on like I flip over my roasting pan and put a rack on it so it's up a little higher like a you know so it's yeah. going across them um I had a dehydrator but that dehydrator had a tendency to it wasn't a tray one it was like a round one and so uh. it would have a shape and they would tend to kind of crack or move yeah in that so I switched to this and I just just got in the mail thanks to Danny of Danny's Cakes a big like Cabela's dehydrated but I've always wow. used either a dehydrator or a heat fan or in a pinch a fan and I was actually just I'm working on something with isomalt in my head and I think I might have to switch to a fan because the heat will <laughs> mess with the isomalt but <laughs> uh, yeah but is it now when you use a heat fan the heat I assume helps so does your cookies dry with the shine because you have air flowing on them does it help the colors from bleeding together yeah, I think it does all the things. Wow. All the same things. Huh. I um, may have to check into that. It's a really great. Uh, I learned it from like Yankee Girl Yummies was doing that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, in the summer, it's a little bit like, oh, great. Yeah. Let's <laughs> put them in another room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I do. I put it in like the dining room wall yeah. in the kitchen and go back and forth or whatever. <laughs> I, I swear by it. I really don't like letting my icing air dry. I, I, well, it's just so dull. To me, it's dull. Now, if I could think of an occasion to make dull cookies, I would definitely just leave them on the table because it would be a lot less work. But if you want that shine here where I'm at, you better have a heat gun and a fan. I mean, I need both. I really and truly mm -hmm. need both. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, the heat fan's nice because you can really leave it on there for a while without, like, damaging anything. Yeah. 
and I, I sort of just like put them in front of the heat fan and then I move them away and put new ones, you know, and then when they hit the back of the <laughs> tray of the rack, I put them all, you know, I can put them on something else to dry. Um, but then I, I can't cover them for like the overnight or they will definitely sometimes re-moisturize their pit or something. Yeah, I never cover because until the, until it's dry, because if I do here, they never dry. It's just like really mushy icing. I don't, yeah. I don't want to bite into mushy icing. <laughs> No, not fact, not a sugar cookie or not a royal icing icing. It should not be mushy. It should have a little bit of a bite to it. You know? My young son, who loves sugar cookies, won't eat them if they've been freshly like iced that day. Oh. He was like, oh, this uh, icing is soft. Because it's Ooh. just kind of in your mouth. Yeah. But some people like that. So, But that's what makes us all who we are is because we're all just so different and happy, right? Right. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you the question that everybody hates me for. So, And if you all don't hate me, please let me know because... I ask this question to everybody. Um, if you could give one bit of advice, a tip, or a trick as far as cookie decorating goes to all the listeners, what would you what would you say to them? I would say, I guess what what I had said earlier, put yourself out there, like put your positivity out there. That's a good one. You know, like look, like look around and be inspired by what you're seeing. And don't let yourself be, uh, you know, because I look even now and I'm like, look at all these new cookies and they're so good and they're really skilled and they're, you know, Instagram feeds are so bright and airy and like, you know, <laughs> you can really kind of get yourself into a corner, look at like numbers and I don't do any of that. And, you know, do Put out there the positive things that you have to say about other people's work. Uh, let that inspire you. Yeah. Um, and don't be afraid to challenge yourself. I mean, it is a cookie. You can just eat it. You can scrape it off. You can turn out. It turns out that scraping off can sometimes even. I've done things where I've flooded something and the overpiping I've had to scrape off. And then it looked really cool. And I used it as a technique. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or like I was one of the early like accidentally poked my finger into something and then like did the like poke it all over and yep. it looks like a rough crackle effect like it's fine and if it just really is horrible like you can eat it and that's move it. on you know that's or true. don't post them it's okay to just like not <laughs> like don't be afraid to try something new you know and don't think you have to sabotage yourself because it didn't you know what i mean like just keep yep. keep going keep trying it again i think that's good and challenging yourself that's that's a good one and you know just constantly try to do things that you think you can't do because guess what? Cookies are powerful. You can do it. And it's a cookie. It's not building a house that, you know, you put, make a, a kitchen bedroom combo you know, just because right. you think it's something new and fun. And then right. you do it and you're like, oh, I can't sleep because they're over here making coffee. You know? So it's not like that. It's right, a cookie. The stakes are lower. <laughs> it's way lower. It's so much better. And you can eat it yourself. And right. we can't give it to our husbands because they don't eat sugar cookies, but we can find somebody who'll eat it. Yes. Well, I like my mom. She'll eat either my mistakes or my fanciest cookies with equal oh. glee. <laughs> it tastes the same, no matter if they're perfect or they need a little tweaking, you know, so it tastes the same. It's a good cookie. So, well, Rebecca, thank you so much for being here today. I really enjoyed this. I'm so glad that we got to hang out for a little while and talk cookies and King Arthur flower stuff. I'm going to go look at that zipper pie thing. I swear I may ask for that for Christmas. So <laughs> it sounds it wasn't like very it's expensive if I remember. Well, 
I think it would be good. Well, everybody, my kids always say, what do you want? What do you want? And I tell them baking stuff and they just look at me. They're like, okay, send us a link. (laughs) So very specific at this point, I can send that link right over to them and say, this is what I want for Christmas. Buy mine first, you know, (laughs) So, but thank you for being here and everybody who's listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the power cookie. We absolutely love you here. And you can find us at the barefootbaker.com. If you hit that little podcast, you know, little thing in the navigation bar, you'll go and you'll be able to see all the the cookie network podcast and i'm telling you there have been some amazing people on here and i have more amazing people to come i have some people lined up and this is going to be i i swear i just love spending time with you guys thank you for hanging out with us and if you need anything go to the barefootmaker.com and shoot me an email thank you guys so much and have a great day thanks for listening to the power of a cookie podcast at the barefootmaker.com